Well, Tom, first episode of Knox Talk here. Very excited. Um, six days away, less than six days away from the regular season. How do you feel about hockey coming back? All Athenian division. How excited are you, man? Because I'm fucking excited, man. I'm fucking excited. I am very excited, Kyle. Very, right. very excited. And, and let's just clear the air. What are your expectations for the season? What What would be a a a successful season in your eyes? Just so we can get our expectations out of the way right now. Well, I think uh, we definitely need to make a return to the playoffs. Yeah. I think last year was a good building block. I think that uh, the young players had a couple months to grow. Definitely a shortened off season, mm-hmm. but a couple more months to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we can just expect uh, bigger things from Quinn, Pedersen. They they look like they put on even more weight, as BD joked about, yeah. but uh, they look ready. Yeah, yeah, they do. And... And what's interesting here is Quinn kind of alluded to it. You, you mentioned the short and off season, right? Um, they, Quinn says he's almost going into his third season, right? As the playoffs were, like his rookie year was his rookie season. The playoffs were almost like a mini second season. He's had another, another off season. He looks bulked up. He looks good, ready to go. Um, so take it away. We're going to do a season preview, kind of our lines here. Um, yeah. All right, so projected first lines. Um, no surprises here. The lotto line. Yeah. JT Miller, uh, Leas Pedersen, and Brock Besser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that will be the first line going into game one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what are your expectations for this line? Like, do, for me, I want to see a point of game average across those three players, yeah. at least. I think that's very doable. And I think it's going to be necessary for this team to make the playoffs. Um Canadian division's a hard division. A lot, lot of high-end talent. Maybe not the depth like some of the American teams have, but the high-end talent in the Canadian division is up there with any division, I believe. So our stars are going to need to be our stars. And, uh, you know, I, I'm actually pretty uh, pretty convinced that they can do that. I mean, our best players in the playoffs were our best players. Something in, again, the kind of the Sedin-era Canucks we saw the Sedins disappear at times. We saw Kessler having to step up. We saw other guys step up. So um, it's nice to see our stars actually being the stars of the team. I agree. Um, I think a point of game is going to be important. And uh, I think PD is definitely capable of achieving more than a point of game. 56-game um, season, if we were talking about earlier, we wouldn't be surprised if you see PD at maybe 65, 70 points this yeah, year. Yeah. It is a bit of a stretch, but it's not out of his reach, I don't think. No, no, it isn't. Um, with with Pedersen, it seems like he has these stretches where he puts up ridiculous numbers, you know, point, point and a half a game almost, and then he goes through stretches where he isn't as effective. So I think with the 56-game season, uh, you have a less of an opportunity to be you, – you cannot be – cold for a stretch because that could be your whole season yeah i agree uh, i think it comes with confidence a lot of it he seems definitely more confident he seems more vocal around the guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh he just seems ready to go yeah he does i think all the guys are excited to get back out there and return to a bit of normalcy in this crazy time we're having um what's interesting is do we see jt miller stay kind of in that center face-off role because what happens usually is jt miller kind of takes the draw and then Pedersen kind of floats towards the middle as they play on in their shift is Pedersen going to take more face-offs i'm just pulling it up Pedersen last year had 41.8 percent on the face-offs miller with a crazy 59 percent on draws um obviously we had some great face-off takers bo horvat was up at 57 
And I believe Jay Beagle, let me just bring it up right here, was at 59 as well. We had some of the best face-off guys in the league. Does JT Miller stay on the stay in the center for the draws, or does do we see Pedersen maybe get some more responsibility there? I think it's a bit of both. I think JT will definitely stay in there. Uh, definitely helps the team. But Pedersen, you need him to grow. You need him to grow on the center. You need him to start taking those draws, mm. especially the important ones in the D zone, especially because he is a good two way player. Pedersen's often our first back checker. So absolutely, absolutely. If you can get him out there for big D zone draws, like in the next few years, like if that's a big tool of his game that he can develop, that mm-hmm. would be huge. Yeah, yeah, big time. And uh, I agree. And I think Brock Besser, a lot of it was made about him and maybe the lack of scoring last year. He only put up 16 goals in 57 games, um, had 29 assists, 45 points in 57, plus four, 14 pins. Um, I don't think he had as bad of a season as many people like to make it out. Uh, I thought he improved his defensive zone game. I think he's getting smarter. And uh, I think, you know, he had that crazy rookie year where he put up like 29 goals in, what was it, like 55 games. And I don't think necessarily he's that purebred sniper that we really thought he was going to project to. I think he's more of an actual complete player than just a sniper. Um, But again, I would like him to shoot more, and I think he is going to be shooting more this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he... He just came in, like you said, on his rookie year and just was an absolute tear. Yeah. I think he surprised quite a few people, including us. Yeah, I believe he had 20 goals before Christmas that year, which yeah. is pretty ridiculous. So, I mean, people get tape on you to come in and repeat that in your sophomore season. Would we like it? Yes. <laughs> like, would we like him to get back to some form of that? Oh, sure. But, like, as you said, his year last year was not that bad. No, it wasn't. And again, I thought he grew in his own zone, just being a more responsible, mature player. Um, and the goals will come. I don't, I'm not really necessarily worried about Brock. And I don't think <laughs> the Canucks, I know a lot of has been made about him being a trading asset. I don't think the Canucks are ready to move on from Brock at all yet. Um, no, I I think that uh, another big thing with Brock is you need a healthy Brock. I yeah. think we've seen on the ice, yeah. you watch him play two completely different players when he's healthy and when he's not healthy. Yeah, big time. Big time. And let's move on to the second line here. Good by Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson, and the newcomer, Niels Hoglander. I believe he's 20 years old from the SHL. Second round pick uh, in 2019. It's been very exciting through camp. Has scored a couple points. Has looked very good, very shifty. Uh, I think it is worth mentioning. I don't want to be the... I don't want to slow down the Niels hype train here, but he has played half a season in the SHL, Professional Hockey League. Uh, that's a bit of a head start on other guys. I mean, he's coming into camp. Um, you know, the puck battles, the board battles has been some of his best showing in camp, and that's really game speed type yeah. of thing. So he has a little bit of a head start, but it's still very exciting. Yeah, I would agree he's definitely at game speed, which has been evident in, yeah. the, in the scrimmages. Uh, but he has put up points in the scrimmages. Um he apparently took the puck away from Pedersen. That's a good sign. Yeah, puck away. Yeah, <laughs> Pedersen uh, definitely chased him back for that puck. But uh, uh, no, he's definitely exciting. And I think he's grown a lot quicker than people thought he would. Um, people, biggest knock on Hoglander is his size. Mm-hmm. Um, people have seen the flashy goals that he likes to score. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this is, a, especially this year, when we have a little bit of a hole on that. I wouldn't say a hole, but a little bit of an opportunity for someone to step up on that second Exactly. Line. Opportunity is the key word there. And he's definitely making the most out of it. No doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of expectations for this line, just looking back at last year, Bo Horvat played every game. Um, 53 points, 22 goals, 31 assists. Um, often matched in a shutdown role. He did get first-line power play minutes and one of the best power plays in the league. So 
kind of balances it out. Tanner Pearson, actually, with one of his best career years, 21 goals, 24 assists for 45 points. Um, I would love to know how many points he got on em- empty netters. I know that <laughs> line likes their empty netters, so I would like to know that. But still a good year. And then, um, yeah, Niels Hoggard and kind of the unknown. Uh, pretty flashy guy, high high talent guy, uh, but also kind of gritty and hardworking with that like. So, yeah, what are your expectations? Where do you see this line? Do you see them in a matchup role again with a rookie on it? Or how do you see that all uh, crumbling down? Um, I, I definitely think we can, there's definitely a floor with Bo. We definitely know what Bo, Bo is going to produce. Yeah. I don't think he produces, uh, less than that floor. Hmm. Like you said, 53 points in 69, 69. games yeah. last year. Um, I think you can expect probably 40 points at least out of Bo. Yeah. Anything under that would be a bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to need him to be a pretty big point reducer as well. I agree. And I think, um, uh, I think a big thing with that line is he's always, you're always throwing different wingers on his line. There's always a bit of a mix-up as the season goes on. Yeah. And if Hoglander can be a steady, steady person on that line, who knows what Bo can do? And who knows what Pearson can do? Because Pearson coming down the wing with his shot is definitely a, a valuable asset. Yeah, Pearson is just one of those guys who just, uh, I don't know, like Bo Horvat throughout his whole career has never really had those two wingers who have always been by his side. I remember him playing with Marcus Krenlund at points and, you know, Bo probably deserves a bit more talent on his line. So Pearson has definitely been a calming presence for that. And, you know, good two-way player, can play that matchup role. The veteran, been around the league, knows his way around the net. Um, yeah, I don't know how Hoglander is going to do in terms of, like, he's already played half a season. He's a 20-year-old kid. You know, by game 35, 40, do we start seeing that fatigue out of him? Because it is a very condensed schedule. I believe they have a... 56 games in 119 days about to a game about a game every two days so um i think that's something that we should keep our eye on but obviously very exciting yeah i think it'll be interesting um i think it could work we could see fatigue Mm. um but i also think having this young of a lineup could be an advantage in the top six given the shortened season i think there's some older teams in the league um like i think uh, like they're not in our division yeah, but uh, I don't know how Washington and those old players are going to do right. a game almost every night. All <laughs> those back-to-backs. And Joe Thornton, he's yeah. 41 now, and he's playing first-line minutes with the Leafs. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's some old guys, and I think that having these young guys in, and I think the bubble, the playoff bubble, kind of helps that really short off-season where the season stopped, we were off for a few months, and then uh, went back at it. I think they they got used to just having okay a couple months off. I got to bulk up. I got to work out in a different way mm. now they just replicated it and they're they look like they're ready to go yeah and i think it's also we can't under, understate the importance of the playoff experience like this season more like any other is going to be like little playoff series essentially every every second day i mean every game is going to count that much more it's all in the division so um that's also nice to carry over to this season and it kind of leads us to our third line here with uh, roussel godette and jake Bertanen. that's what we're projecting at least um, obviously, nothing confirmed. Obviously, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a. I'm on the Jake Rutanen fan club, but I've definitely defended him more than others. Uh, we both really like Godet. You more than me. I think you're. You've been on the Godet hype train for a while now. Yeah. You're. You're seeing those dividends pay off, and then Roussel, which is, who's just a complete gnat, and other teams is uh, behind there. So, how do you see this line performing, and what would you like to see from them, and maybe the individual players' growth? There's a couple of young guys on that line. 
Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. There's, I think there's a lot of things that can happen with this line. And I think with the bottom six in general, we're going to see a lot of changes throughout the year. Mm. Um, <clears throat> mix and for, match. Yeah, mix and match. I think Jake Vertanen is an interesting one because um, the Hoglander thing isn't confirmed on the second line. Yeah. Right, that opportunity is there. And I think Jake would definitely be the next person to get that chance to move up. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as sticking on this line, I mean... I think it's a good fit. Roussel is just that past great two-way player, great in his own end. Yeah, good four-checker as well. Yeah, he kills our penalties for us. Um, Gaudet, uh, Gaudet will be interesting. This year he's under his um, draft weight, um, but he, he came out and said that he's um, working with a nutritionist now, and they have a plan to uh, bring his weight up, which is good. Um and maybe explain the situation a little more. He had like a kind of a gut issue that has been playing him the past couple seasons in which he couldn't eat or gain weight or do you yeah. know the deal? Well, actually, it, he apparently started it in high school when he was playing Oh wow! Um, in the States and he just would eat, but he, he basically just gets nauseous and he just can't eat. So he struggles to put on weight um, because of that. And he didn't know what it was, thought like fast metabolism, like the normal things, but he finally got diagnosed by a nutritionist and they have him on a plan. He said it was a long-term plan, but the, he, it seems like it's given him confidence at least. And Big I think, time. I think that's more important than the weight right now Yeah, because he just needs confidence. I think he's worked on his two-way game quite a bit. Centered uh, face-offs are definitely something he wanted to work on. Yeah. Again, he was at 41% last year. That's not great by any stretch, but it, it definitely is room for improvement, but Here's what I like is 33 points in 59 games. Uh, I think he took a big step next year, and I think given maybe a more prominent role, maybe a more opportunity, more ice time, I know he's probably going to be on the second-line power play. Uh, I think this is a really big year for Goddard to show the team that he is really that third-line center for the future, that that scoring third-line center for the future. Um, In terms of Jake, yeah, like, Again, he had a career year last year, which isn't saying a whole lot. 36 and 69 games, 18 and 18. Um, big body who can skate. I think he has all the tools. We've said this for quite a while. He has all the tools to be one of those top six winger, power forward, sniper kind of archetypes. It's just, you know, the mental game, the two-way game, uh, the IQ in a sense, little yeah. things he needs to get better at. and. We'll see. He's only 23, 24 as well. So Godet and Jake both have room to grow. And I don't think we've necessarily seen the best from either of them yet. No, I think the um, big thing about Godet um, improving his faceoffs is he wants to be uh, more of a defensive zone draw guy. And I think that can definitely help us because you look at going back to the second line, Bo and Tanner, both minuses to end the year. Yeah. And I don't think that's due to their bad defensive zone playing at all because they're great in their own end. It's just the amount of minutes they're ending up playing in our own net. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, like, Bo is a neg- was a minus 15 last year, while Jake is a minus 4. They yeah. both played the same amount of games, and I don't think anyone's going to say Jake's a better defensive player than Bo. Exactly. So if we can get Gaudet, um, Gaudet, Jake, maybe, Roussel even, if we can get them playing the way we want in our own end, you take some of that pressure off Bo, and you let him be more offensive. He doesn't have to carry the line as much now, and I think that can definitely help. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, with Roussel coming back, he said in an interview that he thought he came back a little early from his knee injury. That was also obviously a pretty gruesome injury, and he came back really quick, and I think he did come back a little early, and he said he really kind of settled down once he went into that playoff bubble. And so I'm hoping Roussel comes back this year. I mean, 
the guy put up 13 points in 41 games, you know, it, that, that's something to build off of. And I think he can bring some physical game to our, our squad that we don't really have necessarily. I would agree. Um, I think he, whatever points he puts up is great. Yeah. But definitely we don't need him to do that. No. He's a big PK guy, big pest. I think the physicality is definitely huge. Yeah, and the grid as well. Yeah. there's there The one knock you can maybe say on the lineup is that there isn't much physicality in it besides in the forward group. I think the defense, you know, we got some big bodies back there, some veterans. But as far as the forwards, um, I think he'll definitely help out. Yeah, I agree. And, and let's just kind of finish off the forward core. For us, we have a uh, a fourth line of Brandon Sutter, Jay Beagle, and uh, Tyler Mott. Um, I really like this fourth line. If if that's our fourth line, we have a very deep team because in our forward core, we don't have Zach McEwen starting, who I believe deserves to start. I thought he was great last year, and he even looks better in camp. Um he will no doubt make the team, and he will definitely be one of the first ones in if we're changing things up on the line. But um, I thought Tyler Mott, to end the year in the playoffs, was one of the unsung heroes of the team. Blocking shots, scoring goals, killing penalties, hitting bodies. Um, great two-way game. I'm high on Mott. I'm very high on Mott. And uh, I think, you know, with pairing him with Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter, those two veterans – Sutter's pretty crafty as well, actually. 17 points in 44 games. Um, that can be a really effective fourth line and a good shutdown fourth line as well. I definitely agree. Uh, Tyler Mott, as you said, in the playoffs, was a co- complete player in his own end. He he blocked shots, back-checking. And then uh, his offensive talent, I think it's finally coming to the forefront. I don't think a lot of people knew, but Michigan, like when he played their college hockey, he was on the first line. Like he was a scorer, and we saw that shot. We saw his hands in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I think that's definitely a good thing. And with Brandon Sutter, the I don't think it's ever been questioning his talent because the talent is definitely there. Yeah. It's just can he stay healthy? Oh yeah, big time. And when Brandon Sutter's healthy, he's definitely a big part of the team. Yeah, he is. He, he you know, another point I've been kind of thinking about is. You know, Jim Benning gets a lot of flack for the Louis Erickson, and you could even say letting Tyler Toffoli go, and, you know, some questionable moves here and there. But I think one thing that Jim Benning has been severely underrated on is building a locker room. Most, almost all the guys in the entire on the entire team, high-character guys, love the game, take their job seriously. I mean, you look at guys like Jay Beagle, JT Miller, Nate Schmidt, Brandon Sutter. These are all vocal leaders on the team that he's brought in himself. Um, so I think that can't be understated is how well he's actually built this locker room. I mean, if you look at the Oilers, their locker room is just some superstars trying to carry a bunch of scrubs. No offense to Oilers fans, but that that's the bottom line. You have the two best players in the world, arguably, and you can't make the playoffs. Uh, so, I, you know, I really like the leadership and the room right now that the Canucks have put together. And I think the guys who we don't think about, the Jay Beagles, the Brandon Sutters, who maybe not aren't the face of the franchise or – I mean, they're probably going to be gone quite soon, but these are really important pieces for the development of our young pieces and just the the locker room in general. These guys are going to be spending so much time together in the bubble and quarantine that you're going to have to have a strong room. And I think this room is actually a, a one that is really close-knit. I agree. And I think that our veteran bottom six forwards, I think they're they're definitely having a big impact more than we see on the more than we see in the media as far as the top six. Because you look at our top six guys, they've kind of all started to develop their two-way game. We don't have someone that's purely just offensive and is terrible in their own end. Mm-hmm. Like They've all started to develop that game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
our forwards are getting pucks out of our own end. Like we're winning defensive zone faceoffs. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, I think Manny Maholtra was a big thing with our faceoffs. Yeah. And even Travis Green, I think, you know, Travis Green doesn't just play rookies because they're rookies. Travis Green wants you to play the right way. And he, he was a, he's a player's coach too. He was a player. And, you know, he'll be brutally, brutally honest with players. If you're not playing well enough, you will be sacked. It doesn't matter if you're making six mil, uh, Louis Erickson, yeah. or making 900K. The best player is going to play on the ice. I so agree. that competition, I think, is – and, you know, to be the best player, you're going to need to play a two-way game in our system. So, yeah, I agree with you. Travis Green, Malhotra, our coaching staff, the veteran leaders on this team all contributed to it. Yeah, and I think that's – like you brought up McEwen earlier – um, Louis even there's guys we can plug and play in the bottom six so it's it's exactly what you said you need to be playing you need to be performing otherwise you're gonna get out green will take you out he'll sit you a couple games and whoever's playing is going I, I completely agree um, and that competition is great I mean all good teams in all sports have depth and they have constant competition so always be competing I mean I'm not totally convinced Brock Besser is going to be staying on the first line for the entire year. We saw him ship down with Horvat. We saw Jake Vertanen on the first line last year actually produce some. Who knows? Could Niels Hoglander find his way with his uh, his national his national friend Pedersen on the first line with JT? It's possible. It there's is. lots of there's lots of combinations that Green has at his disposal, which is good. Um, but now I think we should be moving on to the defensive side. Yep. So our first defensive pair, I think we have this, uh, not really a surprise, maybe maybe for one of them. we got Quinn Hughes and Travis Hamannick. Yeah, yeah. So we put Travis Hamannick there kind of as like a, a, a Tanev-like guy where, you know, more of the stay-at-home veteran presence for a young, offensive-minded Quinn Hughes. Um, first of all, Quinn Hughes, 53 points, 68 games. Uh, he was a minus 10, 22 penalty minutes. He was absurd in the playoffs, second in Calder voting last year. Uh, where are your expectations with Quinn in 56 games? Where do you want to see him maybe improve? And how do you see him season in general playing out? I mean, his offensive talent is undeniable. Uh, the points you just hinted at, I think 56 games, if he's... I mean, a point a game would be great. But yeah. as a defenseman, that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. Definitely is. a lot. But if, I think if you see Quinn at about 40 points... 40 points would be definitely, in 56 games, you're getting 40 points. That's great first-line production. Yeah, and again, he got the exact same amount of points as Bo Horvat last year Yeah, in one last game as a defenseman, as a rookie. Yeah, so I think that's saying a lot. Um, I think one area, obviously, first year in the league, every defenseman goes through this. You need to clean up a little bit in the defensive zone. Um, if he could flip that minus 10, even if he's even, that's a big help to the team. A huge help. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, maybe... You don't get any any pluses for being on the power play when they score, so that has something to do with it as well. But I agree. Um, I wouldn't say he was bad defensively at all. I think he actually surprised me with, I mean, with the lack of size that he gives up. You would think big guys like Dreisaitl or Kopitar would really manhandle him. And I'm not saying he didn't get beat during the season, but he definitely held his own better than I would expect. And, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. I've kind of thought about it and talked about it. You know, he's projecting to be one of the, if not the best Canucks defenseman in history. Now it's obviously he's one year in and the whole multitude of things can happen between now and the end of his career. But um, yeah, the sky really is a limit. I think we checked today. He was what? 
fifth or sixth in voting odds for the Norris this year? He was, yeah. Um, and I think the other thing that's important with Quinn is in PD's second year, we thought saw him get a lot more attention physically, mm. getting hit a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think that is going to fall partially on the coaching staff. I think it's important not to overextend him, not to play him in the biggest minutes all the time. There's definitely going to be games where Quinn's going to be 25 minutes at least, right? But in games where we have leads, if you can limit him in the shortened season, that'll definitely help. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and moving on to Travis, Travis Havanick, um, what are your general thoughts about the signing in general and how do you see him fitting in on the team and, I guess, with Quinn Hughes? I, I definitely think it's a good signing. I'm behind it. Uh, defensively, he brings that presence that we lost a bit in Tanev and for a lot less money. Uh, but there's no contract right now. It's a professional tryout. Yeah. But we're assuming we're going to sign him. And uh, I think he brings a lot of the same tools. He allows Quinn to jump up, and that's all you really want. You want a guy that plays sound positionally in his own end. He can move the puck well. It's not like he's slow. He can skate. Yep. And yeah, he can play the PK as well. That's going to yeah. help. I mean, let's be honest. There's going to be five guys who play the PK. Quinn Hughes isn't going to see much time there. So someone who can play the PK can block shots, solid on the defensive end. Um, I think it's exactly what we wanted. And, you know, thinking back to it, do you want one Chris Tanev for four years at four mil, or, or would you rather have four Travis Havnicks at one mil? That's a real conversation. And, you know, as a Calgary fan, did you really make a significant upgrade there for three more mil? I think the jury's going to be out on that. And I love Tanev. I love him. You know, he's been a Canuck forever, a true warrior, but injury problems. Uh, don't know exactly what his offensive upside is without Quinn Hughes. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about Travis Hamannick. And I thought that was a really good move by Jim Benning or Defensive core was a little shaky without Travis Hammond, and I think that shirred things up a little bit. Um, moving on to the second line, Tom. So the second pairing, we have, no surprises, Edler and Nate Schmidt. Yeah. I think this is interesting because a lot of it has to do with Travis Hammond. If Hammond is able to play that top pair, it allows Nate Schmidt to play on the second pair with Edler. And you match that up against a lot of second line forward lines. Two solid defensemen. I they're going to be playing in the offensive zone, I think, a lot more than we've seen our second defense pair play in recent years. Our defense pair has kind of been stuck in our own end a little bit, but this will really help. Edler's sound positionally, and Nate Schmidt adds a lot of offense for a two-way guy. Yeah, you know, if this is our second pair, I don't know necessarily if we're going to have kind of a 1-2-3. I think it's going to be kind of like a 1-A, 2-1-B kind of thing. Um, but... If that's our second-line defense pairing, Nate Schmidt, Alex Edler, that's probably one of the best second-line defense pairings, uh, not just in the Canadian division, but I could argue in the entire NHL. Nate Schmidt is elite, man. Um, a vocal leader, as we said, but also really offensively inclined. And as a left-hand shot, he can actually play the right side, which is really, really beneficial for us. Tons of experience, has been to the Cup, has played with winners. Again, he's played with uh, Holtby and Jay Beagle before, so there's that kind of Washington connection there. Um, I really like the trade. I think we traded a third round from 2022 for Nate Schmidt, which uh, I would say is pretty solid value there. Um, and again, Edler just seems to just age like fine wine. 33 points, 59 games, plus 13. I don't know really much what you could ask for Edler. He's a 34-year-old guy. Last year of his deal, does he want to come back for another year? I mean, I think if he has another good year, I don't see why the Canucks wouldn't want to bring him back. Yeah, uh, he's solid defensively. 
his positioning has gotten better over his career. Uh, earlier in his career, you would see Edler pinch on almost everything. Yeah, and the and turnovers in the own zone are just exactly. crazy. But now he, he picks his spots, and he can still shoot the puck from the point. That's definitely a big thing with Edler on power play too, second power play. He might see some minutes there, possibly. Um, but I think the main thing with our decor now with these veterans added is the amount of depth and the flexibility that we have. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think going into the third D pairing, even yes. Tyler Myers and Ole Levy is what we have there right now. Yeah, and that's what we've seen in camp. Um, but Myers potentially could he be in that second pairing? Well, yeah, I think I don't think necessarily Travis Hamnick is the like if you're ranking the defenseman, he's not the second best defenseman on this team. Um, but what our defense are going to want to do again with the PK and with the power play kind of things, the minutes are going to be a little bit you know, segregated in a way. And uh, Ole Olevi played PK minutes in Utica. He's talked about he him wanting to be a complete player, not only can play the power play, but can also play the PK. And Tyler Myers, again, a big body, a veteran presence. Um, you know, we talked about it last year. We thought he had a bit of an underwhelming uh, year last year. I think inconsistency is the word. Um, 21 points, 68 games, minus 7 is that god awful? Is that like, oh geez, you know, is this another Louie? No, um, we do kind of need a bounce back here for Myers. He's going to need to be and play a bigger role with the losses of Tanev and and Stetcher. Um, but I'm excited for Yolevi, man, and and I'm wishing him the best. This is him. He hasn't been healthy for like five straight years. Uh, the IQ is obviously there. The hands are obviously there. He looks confident, and you know, a compliment would be I didn't even notice him when he played the Minnesota game. And if I don't notice you, that means you haven't done anything wrong. So I'm excited for this pairing, and I'm excited for the decor. And we haven't even mentioned guys like Rafferty or, or Jordy Ben, who are probably going to be on the taxi squad. At least Ben will be. So on to the goalies. On to the goalies. Um, Thatcher Demko, Brayden Holtby. Uh, as we mentioned, probably the best or second best pairing in the Canadian division behind Carey Price, Jake Allen, perhaps. I think that's a pretty fair statement. Yeah. I think some could say we have, if Demko could play any way like he did in the playoffs, we have two number ones, which yep. is huge for back to backs. 56 and 100, 100, whatever days it is. 56, one in 119, I believe. Yeah. So I think that's huge. Um, I think as the season goes on, we're going to get consistency there. And, uh, you know, some teams, they got got awful backups that they're throwing in there on back-to-backs. Well, some teams have two backups, like the Oilers. That is true. They got uh, <laughs> two guys with a lot of arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a big point to make how this season in particular, you really are going to need to cycle your goals. Uh, you know, I'm going to be very curious to see what Toronto does with Freddie. Uh, you know, Ottawa can do what Ottawa wants to do. How much? How many games does Helbeck play? Does Helbeck play 40 games? You know, honestly, um, you just won the Vesna, so... Um, yeah, I think our goalie tandem is going to have to be good and, and can can hope you have a bounce back season with Ian Clark at the helm, with the new D pairing, with new forwards, new system maybe. Uh, he has been on the decline the past couple of years, but again, uh, winning a Stanley Cup is, is a pretty big peak to fall from. So if he can return to form, if he can give us even I don't know, 70% of what Marshall gave us, I think we're in good hands. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, like you said, bit of an underwhelming year for Holpe last year. 48 games, 897 save percentage, 311 goals against. That's not good. Not honestly. good. That's not good. Not a great year. But 
uh, you know, it happens. And I think this could be definitely a time for him to bounce back. New situation, new goalie coach. Some familiar faces, though. He's got Schmidt. Um, Beagles. Beagle. I think that's huge. But uh, I think hopefully they can feed off each other. And what we've seen through interviews, too, they, they're both in Vancouver for the last few months. They've been working with Ian Clark, and their relationship seems to be good. Another thing to look at, I mean, you look, go and look at Demko stats from the regular season last year. Not the greatest. Definitely not bad by any means, but 905 save percentage, 306 goals against. So they were both kind of in that same range last year, where they were good, but they weren't bad. They're just kind of average. Yeah, and, and you know, let's say Holby isn't doing very well, and we allowed Demko to take the reins. I'm not very worried about Demko completely having a stinker of a year. What we saw in the playoffs last year was probably the best hockey Demko has ever played in his entire life. And I'm not saying he's going to play like that this year at the regular season. But I think we know what his ceiling is. I think, realistically, Demko is a superstar goalie, an elite-level goaltender who's still growing. I mean, the guy's, what, 24, 25 years old? Uh, yeah, so hope he doesn't have the best of years. It's still okay. We still have Demko and vice versa. If Holpe's playing well and Demko isn't, we can shade one to either goalie. And that versatility and kind of that uh, diversity in that is actually going to help us quite a bit. Yeah, I think this speaks actually to the way Jim Benning has built the whole team. Uh, he's built every line, every every group, the, the forwards, the defense, the goalies, in the spirit of competition. There's competition in every single spot on this roster. And the goalies are no exception. Mm-hmm. Whoever's got the hot hand, especially down the stretch, especially when the playoff race is heating up, do you get, just see one goalie run away with games? Do you see them both split all the way through? It'll be interesting. Yeah, and again, this guy probably won't play this year, but Rick uh, Mike DiPietro, third-round pick, he's actually looked very good in camp. He was on the Canadian national team for World Juniors a couple seasons ago. He's played decent down in Utica. That's another guy coming up the pipeline, so... Exactly to add on to your point, competition, competition, competition. There's always battles. I mean, this year you're realistically going to have Savan Berchi, Zach McEwen, and Jordy Ben not even playing on your opening roster. They're going to be on the taxi squad. So not only is that good because we know Canucks love to get injured. We're going to need depth for that. But again, yeah, competition. If you're not playing well, Travis Green has no problem scratching you and putting in someone else. It doesn't matter how much money you're making. We've already stated this. It doesn't matter. He wants to win. He wants to win. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the year. I think, uh, you know, Tom, I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm ready to completely commit to saying in the next three years, we should be ramping up for cup runs with our elite level talent. I think we should be. I think definitely this can be a big growth year. It's 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 a year in which you don't know what you're going to get. Yep. I feel like we're going to get a lot of, lot of tight scoring games. The rivalries are going to heat up. You see a team nine, ten times a year. Playoff refing, regular season refing, what are we going to see? You never know. Are we going to see some, I think we're going to see maybe a few more blowouts than we're used to with some backup goalies getting more games than they're, they're used to. But uh, I think you're going to see a lot of 3-2 games, a lot of 2-1 games, a lot of tight checking. There's going to be film on everyone this year, um, and it'll be interesting. But uh, I don't think we can end this without bringing up Mr. Six Million, Louis Erickson. Oh, Lord. I don't think... Uh, rip the bandit off. You know, I don't think Louie's going to make the starting lineup, Kyle. I, uh... I if Louie makes a taxi squad, he should be counting his blessings. If Louie isn't down in the AHL this year, he should be very happy. 
And and here's the crazy part. If you actually look at it, when he plays, he actually doesn't even hurt the team. He actually helps the team win games if you look at it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. You know, I don't think necessarily he wants to be here. I don't think the team necessarily wants him here. Apparently, he came kind of uh, out of shape into camp. I don't know what to say with Louie. Uh, it's all been said before. You know, if he pops into the lineup, that's okay. Uh, I don't want him starting in our top six opening night. <laughs> and he won't be. So uh, if he is, then I'll have to talk to Jim Benning myself. Yeah, I think that was very well said. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll leave Louie at that. Yeah. Uh, Got to put him on a little island over here, and Louie can do Louie this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, he, uh, he can take notes. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for what we have for our first season preview. We're both excited for the season to get going. Uh, just a few short days away here. We get Edmonton as our first test, and uh, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. And if you want to get in contact with us, ask us some questions, give us your opinions. Maybe you disagree with our lines. Maybe you think Louie is going to be in the starting starting lineup. Who knows? Uh, you're going to be able to reach us in the description and we'll be responding to all your comments and questions.